Hi there, I'm Jen Hale Christie, and you're listening to Preach Her. This podcast is designed around the reality that many of our churches are shrinking because we haven't created a place where everyone can belong. So if you're seeing that reality in your own church, or you've experienced that and left the church, this podcast is for you. Welcome. One quick note before we jump in. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to check out and join our Patreon community. It's an awesome way to join me and others in this good work, whether you want to support women preachers and make sure this work continues, or if you want to partner with me and have actual direct input, there are opportunities for you to engage at whatever level feels good for you. So click the link in the show notes and let me know what you think. And a quick shout out to Sarah, Lauren, and Mark, who have all joined our community. Thank you guys. I am so glad you're here and excited to partner with you. Preach Her community, I am excited to introduce you today to my friend and colleague in ministry, Glenda Fleming Thomas. Glenda is an author, a speaker, an artist, and a life coach. She travels nationally to speak and preach, and I am so grateful that she has agreed to share the gift of proclamation with us today. After her sermon, stay tuned for the interview where we'll hear more about her life and ministry. Also, remember, if you haven't already joined our Patreon community for exclusive content, opportunities for partnership, and even a chance to spend a weekend with my family in Portland, then check out the show notes for more info. And now, let's settle in and hear a word from the Lord delivered by our sister Glenda. Hello, this is Glenda Thomas. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I first of all want to thank God for this opportunity to be a part of the Preach Her podcast. And I want to thank Jen also for Uh, making this opportunity available. I'm thankful that she listened to the Lord guiding her, leading her to such an awesome project. My topic is the wayward son and the loving father. The text for this is Luke 15, verse 11 through 24. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, Many of us know this story as the prodigal son. Um, But what I want to look at is both, but really focus on the loving father. As we approach this book, Luke, let's look at the writer. And I'll share with you a little bit about who he is, who he was. Luke was a doctor by trade. And this shows up in his writings because his writing of the book of Luke are are chronologically written. And they're very specific and very clear. And if you compare it to, let's say, Mark, for example. Mark is, is a fast-paced book, it's immediately this happens. All of a sudden this happens. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a different kind of a um, mode because it's a different person writing it, of course, even though they're inspired, but their personalities still come through in their writing. 
And Luke is very, very specific. He's very clear. And he's very detailed as he gives us an accounting of what he's looking at when he sees Jesus when he was walking on this earth. The thing that makes Luke stand out is that he is the only non-Jewish writer of the New Testament. And also, he emphasizes in the stories that he chooses to tell the inclusive attitude of Jesus. Jesus includes us and those who were Jews, Jesus came to them first, but it was God's plan that the whole earth be saved. But he began with the household of Abraham and he made him that promise. But eventually it came down to the time when it was time for the Gentiles to hear the word of God and to learn about Jesus and be introduced to the person who was the Son of God. And Luke was chosen to do that. This is one of the stories that he recounts that Jesus told. If you have a red letter Bible, this story will be in all red letters. As we look at the scripture, I want us to just imagine how this story was going on and what's taking place in this story. Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 24. A certain, then he said, that's Jesus, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of good that falls to me. So he divided them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Bring a ring Put it on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry.
as we unpack this story, I want you to notice something about the son, the younger son. These are the words that he said, Father, give me the portion of good that falls to me. Okay, first of all, when a person, let's say the father, has possessions, which he's worked for, and built up his wealth, it is his as long as he's alive. It is not his son's until the father dies. So if you really think about what the son is saying, and this is, this is my take on it, is it's like, it's like he's like tired of sitting around waiting for his father to die. Just give me my inheritance. Because that's the only way it could be his. Legitimately so, the father could have said, like we used to tell our children, you see that bed? That's my bed. <laughs> you see those clothes? Those are my clothes. I bought those for you. <laughs> but this father didn't do it because if it had been my son, I'd be like, okay, step if you want to go. But he wouldn't have took nothing with him, guarantee you that. But this father, who represents God and the attitude of God, it just said, so he divided to them his livelihood. He didn't have to do that. There wasn't even time for that. He was still alive. This was never supposed to happen. But what did the father do? He let him go on and go. So he gathered together. The younger son gathered his stuff together and went to a far country. And then what did he do? It said he he lived in riotous living or prodigal living. That's wasteful. Just wasted his money. You can imagine if you have a lot of money, a lot of wealth, Usually you have entourages, an entourage that follows you. And what do you do with an entourage? Wherever you go to eat, oh, it's all on me. Drinks on me. Food on me. Give me the check. I'm the one paying for it until you run out of money. He wasted, he wasted what his father gave him. Then, of course, I'm sure... The entourage disappeared because it doesn't say anyone was here with him. When he came, he began to be in want. There was a a famine in the land where he was, some far country. And a famine started there. And he began to be in want. That says a lot. A famine... It's not too much of anything that Americans are used to. Uh, We may have shortages of things, but just plain out famine. I don't know that we've had that in the the last maybe, even in the back in the days during the crash of Wall Street, um, there were soup kitchens, but it was just it was just a hard time for America, but I still don't know if it even compares with a famine. And when he became he was in want, there was a man who who a citizen of that country sent him into his fields to feed his swine or his pigs. More than likely, 
this young man was Jewish more than likely. Um, and that would have been just the worst possible scenario a Jewish person could have found themselves in. And that is being near some swine. But that wasn't all there was to it. He was he was feeding the swine. Then it went to the next level. This is when he hit rock bottom. And the scripture says, And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate. And no one gave him anything. If he was desiring, oh, wow, if I could just have some slop. Oh, my goodness. That's a low point. That's what they call rock bottom. And that is the point when he came to himself. To come to yourself means to set at one again. His He came to who he was truly meant to be. He started thinking, I'm down here <laughs> with some pigs, wishing I could eat them slop. And my father's higher servants have bread and they got plenty to spare. Look at me. I, this is this is ridiculous. And I perish with hunger. Why is he starving when his daddy's rich? And then he started thinking again. I will arise and go to my father. He had it all planned out. He started imagining, okay, this is what I'm going to tell him. I've sinned against you. You don't even have to let me be a son. Just let me be a servant. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. And you know what? He got up from there, and that's exactly what he did. He went back to his father. And when he came, he was confessing and just going on trying to tell him how sorry, you know, how wrong he had been. He just said, make me like one of your higher servants. And he rose up and came to his father. And when he was still away off, the father saw him. How did the father see him when he was away off? He was looking for him. This is the God we serve. This is Jesus' attitude toward us that we though we may be out somewhere he is looking for us his arms are still open his heart is still open for us to return his father saw him he had compassion it didn't say he was angry and started saying boy you know better you done went out there and lost all that money you should have never done that no He had compassion. He not only had compassion, he ran to him. And he didn't only run to him, he fell on his neck. He did not only fall on his neck, he kissed him. This son, this wayward son, who couldn't wait for his daddy to be dead, took the money, left, came back, probably didn't even, his clothes were probably all scrappy I know he was stinking if he was had been feeding pigs and his father saw him from a distance had compassion his heart was just full he felt sorry for his son he ran and then he fell on his neck and he kissed him 
full restoration. He never stopped being his son. And the son said to him, Father, and he went through his speech, and the father interrupted him, and he told him, bring the best robe, put it on his hand, I mean, put it on him, put a ring on his hand. He just kept going, and he told them, bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let me let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. What a joy to read about this father and son. The conclusion is showing us how God's grace is inclusive. Many times I've met people who have asked me the question that, do I have to be baptized again because of, you know, the sins that I've done? They might have left church, stopped going to church for a while and maybe years even. And no, you don't, because the Bible tells us that the blood of Christ continues to cleanse us. And when we confess, he forgives us. Now, people may not do the same thing as far as just receiving you back, but people who know God's forgiveness for themselves, they will have that kind of attitude. And those are the people that we want to be. People that will readily receive, hug you, kiss you, celebrate the return. In the end, when Jesus returns to this earth, he includes us. Though we have sinned, though we have gone off doing things we thought were going to be a great idea. Sometimes we really do think it's a good idea. Sometimes we know it's not right and we do it anyway. Even so, when we return, Jesus still includes us. That's so amazing. And in the end, in Matthew 25, it says, When Jesus returns... He says, you have been faithful over a few things. Now I will make you ruler over many. You will not find a scripture that says, oh, you have been faithful over 100%. That's why you can come on up on this cloud and go to heaven. You're not going to find that in the Bible. Some people act like that's what the Bible says. If you are faithful in everything. But he says clearly. You have been faithful over a few things. Now I will make you ruler over many. When we give our hearts to the Lord. And submit to baptism. And serve him. And live out our purpose. To the best of our ability. We're still going to come up short. We're going to miss the mark. We're going to go astray from time to time. That shouldn't be our state all the time, but that happens in our growth process. But God says, you've been faithful over a few things. Now I will make you ruler over many. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your loving care of 
and being so inclusive, including those who walked away, those who have gone off into a far country for just receiving us as your children. And from the beginning, before we, we the earth was even founded, you had a plan to redeem us. And we, the humankind as, as, as sinful and as dark and just overwhelmed and being led astray by Satan, you reached your hand out and laid down your life for mankind. God, you so love the world. Jesus, thank you so much for coming to this earth and laying down your life for me, for us. Help us to remember when we stray that your arms are open and you still include us. Help us to include others and share this great story, this great love of God and Jesus and the power of his Holy Spirit that gives us the strength to grow and to continue until Jesus comes back. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm currently talking with Glenda Fleming Thomas. Glenda, can you please tell us where you currently live and what you do in your day-to-day life? Currently, I live in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I've been here a little bit over a year. And currently, I am a life coach, and I I work mostly with women, but I've worked with men too. And also at our congregation, I've worked with uh, the women's ministry and also co-teach with my husband parenting classes. And um, we have our own ministry where we, we work with couples together. Okay. And you were in Texas for a long time before that, yeah. right? Yeah. Houston? Arlington. 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 Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Can you please tell us about when you first felt like a nudge or a calling to preach? It's kind of hard to say. I've been thinking about that question for a long time. But I think kind of when I was young and we did did scripture memorization a lot growing up. And uh, I learned at home, but also the ministers at our church Fortunately, we were fortunate that they took time out with us every week with the kids and taught us Bible facts and, and scripture. And my favorite thing was the, just learning the word. And the, the characters just were just so real to me. And I was very blessed to have teachers and then also my mom who read to us. And I think uh, as I got older, uh, my husband's a minister, by the way. He's been preaching for, well, since we got married. We've been together 45 years. And he was preaching a little bit before then. But he's been full-time since we got married. And um, sometimes I'd be sitting in the pew, and it's like I would get this whole scenario of the sermon from to in. This idea would come into my head. Something would spark, and it's like, oh man, that's the whole thing, you know. And so I'm just I'm thinking of it as maybe lessons or, or an article because I write as well. 
But over time, I start, I, I knew that they, they could have been just full-fledged sermons. I mean, just the whole thing, beginning the scripture and the points, everything was just, would just come to me. And a lot of times it happened while I was in church worship services. It's like, why am I having these like inspirational, <laughs> inspirational uh, thoughts and just complete, it's like the whole package. It's like, but it's, it's no place to put it fully, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I read about that and I, I listened, I went back home. I said, I'm going to go study this for myself. And I read it and I was like, when women pray and prophesy, then they're to have their head covered. That means it wasn't if they prophesy. No one's arguing if women should pray and prophesy and worship. But when it was going to happen. And I was like, wow. Ooh. And it was very emotional for some people um, to the point where they just they left because they just couldn't handle the idea. It was so foreign to them they just they just couldn't handle it but most people did stay and it that that at that church is where I prayed publicly in a worship service for the first time and I read scripture uh for the minister periodically uh and usually Josh Graves he was not the minister but he was um the minister's son-in-law and he preached and he would ask me to read scripture whenever he preached and then I had one really highlight when my son and I did communion together. Mm-hmm. And uh, during, after that time there, my husband and I ended up uh, moving to, not moving, but um, being asked to come to Saginaw, Michigan, and we ministered together there. And we shared the preaching. So uh, when we did a series, I would do a sermon one Sunday, and then he would do the next one in that series. And uh, we had girls there, boys, young people, older people. Um, and it was it was it was just a really great experience to be uh, 50 and <laughs> being able to just walk in that. It just seemed quite normal to me. I wasn't really nervous about it. It just all seemed quite normal. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, if you could offer a word of advice to um, preachers or aspiring preachers, what would what would you say? I think one of the things that can um, cause us to be discouraged uh, is people people being negative. Um, but the thing of it is, whenever change is happening from what people are familiar with, that's how people act out. Unfortunately, even though they're Christians, they still do the same thing as anybody else going through who's resisting change. They speak negatively because a lot of times they're afraid. And, um, but it comes across to us who, who's on the, the person on the other end of it. You've, it's a negative. It's a, you know, it can be harmful if we don't keep it in perspective. And I think uh, I would encourage any preacher to, to really, if you're going to preach, you have to preach the instant in season, out of season. That is to, be courageous and know that God is with you. Um, anybody who's done, who's been pioneers have always taken the negative brunt of things, but God is with us and that's what we have, that's what we have going for us. Whether you're a male or a female preacher, 
there are times when it just seems like all the people that you help have turned against you. And that can happen. I've been through that many times. But God has been with us. He strengthened us um, to the point where, um, you know, we're, we still do what we do regardless to the negativity. Because I have found that when I speak, there are things that from my perspective, I'm a woman, I'm a woman, JC, my husband's JC Thomas Jr. Um, that, and he, he says this all the time, you know, we do coaching together because I'm not a woman. <laughs> I have no idea what it, what it is to be a woman, to be a wife, uh, to be a mother. And so that voice, that perspective is so needed. And uh, remember, there's someone out there that needs to hear your voice and they need to hear that gospel that you bring. And God, when he puts that burning inside you, it just, it, it doesn't go away. Noise of people can kind of seem to drown it out, but it doesn't go away. So just step forward in faith. God is with you. Hmm. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing and thank you for indulging my, my extra question. <laughs> no problem. No problem. I, I just want to thank you, Jen, for connecting with me. And I, 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 when I saw you, I knew I had met you before, but I, you know, I wasn't quite sure where I've been a lot of places. But uh, to reconnect at Pepperdine at the luncheon, it was perfect timing because uh, of what I had just been dealing with, I was kind of feeling like, well, what do I do, you know? And so with your having this, this opportunity for us to preach, to bring lessons and to bring a series to be a part of, of um, a movement is just, you know, I'm just so thankful that you listen to God's leading in this. And it's, it's, I just pray that my part uh, will be a blessing to someone to, to really grasp God's inclusiveness no matter what we've done, no matter who we are, that's what Jesus came to this earth for, to include all of us in his family. And we need his love. We need each other. And I just thank you for your part. Hmm. Thank you, Glenda. What a beautiful note to end on. <laughs> if people wanted to connect with you, or is there a way? Do you have a website or are you on social? Yes, I have. Um, well, I'm where I do... Uh, I have my life coaching information and I do, I'm an artist as well. That came out after my, my artistic ability came more out after I had my brain surgery. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, glendathomas.wordpress.com. That's my um, coaching information. And then my art is on Instagram, Glenda T artist. That's my handle over there. Awesome. And, yeah. So if anybody want to just go over there and look around and just let me know you, you, you're there. Leave me a note or something. Yeah. Thank you. I'll <laughs> definitely include those links in the show notes. Yes. So thank you again, Glenda. Thank you. If today you find yourself on the outside without a seat at the table or a voice in the conversation, May you lean into the truth that you're always welcome in God's community. If you are one who wears the name minister, pastor, elder, shepherd, or are otherwise known as a faith leader, may you extend God's yes 
to those you might have said no to in the past. May you be emboldened and encouraged to honor the space that God has already created for all. Let's build bigger tables together. If something in you was stirred today, reach out. Hearing from you really does help to shape the future of this podcast. You'll have the greatest impact and opportunities for engagement by joining our Patreon community by clicking that Become a Patron button on our page, patreon.com slash jenhalechristie. And I would love for you to connect with me on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook at jenhalechristie. Lastly, you would really help others to connect with this work if you would subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next time.